Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Mikey Steph Show. It's a show of great questions and even greater guests. My guest this evening is a recurring guest in the podcast with his very own uh, football show, the Mike and Matt Football Show, which you can find on the ColorCast app as well as Spotify, Apple, anywhere you go for your podcasts. Matthew the Peach Petrie. What an intro! How do you not get hyped up after that kind of introduction? Thank uh, you very I'm, much. I'm Mike. ready to go. I'm so ready to go. So excited to be back. Been too long. Like the song says, football, basketball, Marvel superheroes. I'm ready to talk it all. Oh, very, very good. Uh, and of course, I got to ask, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, last night was a little stressful. Can't lie. I'm sure. Uh, Monday night football was my survivor pool pick for. Survivor pool. Uh, for those who watch Monday Night Football, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Not an easy night. No. Uh, we also had the Red Sox advancing to the uh, next round yes. of the postseason. Oh yes. So yes. it's it's a lot. A lot of a lot's going on. I think so. I think it's a it's a big night for everything going on in the world. Absolutely. I know you had a great week, fantasy football wise, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, cro- <laughs> I uh, I try not to talk about it too much but yeah i had some uh some wins i had some losses uh mrs petrie beat me in your league this week and uh i i'm not too happy about it but you were able to pull out a dub in our in our defender royale i believe uh yes i was i uh was very happy about that so so it's a mixed bag i believe there's a curse that you you ended up putting on yourself i i well the curse was placed on your mom first by who uh, by me. Uh, and, 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 and so it did, it did start out actively on my mom. It did. Transferred its way throughout the league. Yep. And it seems to have rested right back on your shoulders. Well, I kind of screwed myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but hey, it's week five. Yep. Still plenty of time to stay alive. I think so. I think so. And uh, I got to say, I'm a huge fan of the Mike and Matt football show. I've been listening to it a bunch. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, I will. Ha- I have one thing to add, though. Is there's a, there's another mic. There is another mic, and as, what you have to see here is I I like people with strong names, mm. and so in my experience with you, I've learned how strong mics are. Oh wow! And so while you're off building your own empire, I thought what better way to start my own up and rising career than with another mic? Uh, that is a. That is beautiful. I I really appreciate that. Absolutely. And this uh, this other Mike, uh, he he seems to be doing very well, kind of leading the show off and getting oh. people on. And uh, can you also explain how the ColorCast app works? Absolutely. So my friend Mike, uh, this is Mike Bachman, uh, not Mike Stefanelli. We uh, met each other at Quinnipiac College, lived together our final year in a house with some other people. And so ColorCast originally is just an app where, you know, you can get streams of games and commentate over them, you know, for practice, get a few people watching on your stream. But as it's been expanding, it's kind of been growing as a bit of a startup, and now it's doing its own talk show style things where throughout the week, different people through across the country with different interests, different fandoms are just kind of coming on to talk football, basketball, really all kind of sports. And so it's just a nice way. Uh, we can go live. People can come on, jump jump in the hot seat and debate with us. And then we like to put it on Spotify the next day. Just make sure people who – not everyone's going to be around for your one 30-minute time slot. But the cool thing is you can put it out wherever you want it, just like the Mikey Steph show right on Spotify. Very, very good. That, that sounds great. Uh, and has uh... – has Jack Connors or Sir Brian Moore have they have they asked entered the uh, the show yet? They've not entered the hot seat yet. Although I do believe Jack has been in the chat. I, I can't. I it's unfortunate Jack's in school yes, during uh, during our airtime. So hopefully one of these days will be a bad boy and you know just uh, yes. jump in and delete. You know there's bathrooms for a reason. Just take a quick bathroom break and hop in. The, it's a one minute hot seat. You got this. No one's gonna wonder what you're talking about in the stall. <laughs> Is he going one or two? <laughs> that means pass or run, obviously. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> T- TMI, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but I think we're, we're just going to kind of get into the start of things here, the latest NFL news. I wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, what you see as the awards 
through weeks five or six. Uh, I'm curious to know who your NFL MVP is. This was tough for me. I think right now it's got to be Josh Allen. Okay. He he has just what he's done these last four. Uh, week one, a lot of t- we saw Aaron Rodgers didn't look like himself. We saw the Bills didn't look like themselves. It's the first. It's a weird week one. It's 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 going to be a historical week one. It's the first week one being fully back from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. First week one where, you know, a lot of teams that maybe would have been counted out, maybe were training a little extra hard, and maybe some teams that came in with that hype bought into it a little too much. Mm. And that's, I think, why you see the Steelers beat a team like the Bills and why you see the Saints crush a team like the Packers. But as we've seen through the last four weeks, that was not either of those teams' true colors. And Josh Allen just looks like a superhero right now. He just... He does. He, uh... <clears throat> Who else? I'll tell you who else has looked like a superhero was uh, is Kyler Murray. He's at. He was right up there with him. That that was my. He was right up there with him. I couldn't agree more with you there. Uh, I also got to put in uh, Brady, Father, really Father Time. Still doing it. He's that. beating Father Time in a sense because he's. I I can't even can can put words. Four, five touchdowns this last week. No interceptions. Still a monster. Honestly, even a running back like Derrick Henry, for me, he's my offensive player of the year right now. I couldn't mm. give him MVP because of what the Titans are doing, but yep. he's on pace for a little under 500 carries and 2,200 yards. That's wow, that's that's scary. That's ridiculous. There's there's That's the definition of being your team's offense. I would have to say so. Uh, I would also have to add um, uh, Lamar Jackson, who had a great game last night, if I remember correctly. He balled out he was especially in that second half 350 yards in the second half alone just dynamo what he could do in that overtime just there was really never a doubt in the arena or i think at home that he was going to lead that comeback in overtime just a special talent when he's not when he's playing with poise when he's playing confident not questioning himself there are very few who could ever do it better Oh, I, I completely agree. Uh, and I'm also curious to know uh, who your NFL Comeback Player of the Year is going to be. I, I'm going to have to reassess that because originally it was uh, it was going to be Gronk 2.0 because of what he was doing, just kind of bouncing back from, you know, all of those injuries. This was the first year where it felt like Gronk was back. Now it's definitely like it's definitely a little harder. I think Sam Darnold, weirdly enough, it doesn't mm. feel. It, but just someone who it feels like could be, uh, Dak Prescott probably should be the front runner. Uh, that's probably got to be who it is. I yeah. wanted to go like I wanted to be smart with it, but mm. Dak Dak has just not let down his expectations once. It's Dak. I think so. I think so. uh could it could Antonio Brown be in the conversation? I think he could. I think he's another one of those ones that like could be a smart, interesting one. But I think with what Dak is doing, it's just yeah. it, it's he's just such a front runner. I I would have to agree there. Uh, I'd also be a little concerned with giving Antonio Brown that award, given his uh, his issues within the past year or two. Man, they, they, those could be worrying. Um. Absolutely. And uh, who is your rookie of the year? Offensive or defensive? Uh, we'll go offensive. Right now, my offensive rookie of the year is probably Najee Harris. It's probably got to be Najee right now. Jamar Chase and uh, Trump, uh, sorry, Jamar Chase and Mac Jones are both tempting choices for me. Yep. But I think what Najee Harris has been able to do behind a putrid offensive line has been really spectacular, okay. especially this last week. Mm. Now, the rookie quarterbacks are obviously going to have plenty of opportunity to flash more and more. Yep. And Jamar Chase is a beast for the Bengals. But, he has. But I think for now, I would I would just edge Najee. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was looking through his stats today. He's got like almost like 600 yards, got like five touchdowns already. His, yeah. his work in the receiving game has been really impressive, too. Mm-hmm. Very, very impressive there. Uh, and I'm also going to ask you, um, you know, because we both saw uh, Marvel's What If. Uh, so I want to do a little spin and do the NFL 
what if scenario. And I was curious as to uh, one of them. Uh, what if Tom Brady stayed in New England? How would the Patriots look? If Tom Brady had stayed in New England, I think there are two outcomes. I think one, I sadly think there is a realistic chance Brady's retired by now. I think, really? okay. I think that we saw how bad the weapons were around him, how bad that, maybe not the overall relationship was, but just what the factors around that relationship were causing tension-wise in that locker room. And I, I don't, I'm, maybe they are able to, maybe they spend differently this, this offseason. They get more weapons, focus more on the offense than the defense, although that's never really been their M.O. Maybe they go out and make a trade. Maybe they're the ones who get a digs mm-hmm. or uh, something like that. So I think, or a Hopkins even, I think those could have been moves. I do think there is also, and because of it, I mean, we see how competitive they are with Mac Jones right now, someone who has not really been able to punch the ball into the end zone very well. I, I think that the it's hard because of how good the Bills have become. Mm-hmm. The Bills becoming this powerhouse team does make it feel like maybe the Patriots wouldn't be that much different. And that's not to say or feed into the narrative that Tom can't get it done, especially when Tom is 42 at this point. You know, he's not his old self. Nah. But but he's still doing pretty damn good. He's still doing pretty damn good, <laughs> but he, put, he found a situation that worked perfectly. And I just don't know if with the Bills having all these pieces, I think I think Brady puts us in a much better position. But I don't I don't think Brady as a uh, Patriot puts them anywhere outside of a consistent and dominant wild card contender. I can I could see that. <coughs> uh, and then this one is really kind of a part two to that question. Uh, what if Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon didn't have their issues in? when they were in New England. I feel like if they were still, you know, if they didn't have those problems, we probably would have had a Super Bowl that year. Absolutely. I think if those two guys had their heads on right, or, and I don't, because right now, Josh Gordon to me, and I, I'm always going to be biased in this situation, but to me, the reasons that kept Josh Gordon out of the league for so long were so, and rules are rules, and you're an idiot if you keep breaking the rules over and over and over again. Especially when guys who, in my someone who I'll tease is in one of my own one of scenarios, Calvin Johnson, you know, he comes out after he retires and says that he's been doing what Josh Gordon's been doing since he's, like, the same time he's been in the league. But we don't hear that he's been getting... So, I'm not trying to say, oh, cheat smarter, but if you feel for your mental that you need to do certain things, clearly it's something that you could get away with if you're not an idiot about it. And mm. so, it what I... I don't want to say Gordon should get a free pass or that he's a victim of really anyone other than himself, but I think we see this year where the rules that impeded him before in regards to certain substances, they've been lifted because of new facts that have come out, new knowledge that's come out. It does feel like, it just feels unfortunate that so much of a great athlete's prime was taken for a reason like that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see now that there are no impediments on him on a team like the Chiefs what he's able to do there. Antonio Brown, it's a lot harder to... Yeah, that's a lot harder to kind of put into... But uh, if there is the what if, you know, what if Antonio Brown is a better human being, I absolutely, I think that, because that, like you said, that feeds, it's such a different situation if Brady has that to build chemistry with. mm -hmm. To, like, I think the Patriots, absolutely, I think they have two Super Bowls from that core. I mean, I think if, if they were both still with the team, Brady definitely would have stayed. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, and then this one, another Patriots one. Uh, what if Lamar Jackson was a New England Patriot? I wanted it so bad. I had dreams of what Lamar could be after a year learning just play diagnosis from Brady. But I also, there's that part of me that thinks Belichick might not have been able to see it. As no. weird as that is, I mean... Look at a guy like Cordero Patterson. Yeah. He is a beast on this Falcons right now. But three teams can figure out to just let the guy play football. They've tried to fit the square into the round hole. Yep. That's not what Cordero Patterson is. He's just a football player who can make people look like idiots. Right. He's really good at it. <laughs> but would the Patriots have tried too hard to break Lamar of what makes him so special? I don't know. 
Mm. I really don't know. But I, I, I think personally, you see a guy who puts up 700 rushing yards and 4,400 passing yards easily if he's a Patriot. I think so. I, I think so, absolutely. Although I do got to say, he's probably in the perfect situation in Baltimore. Right now, absolutely. I, I don't think you could have, I could get yeah. I, <laughs> uh, there's only one other spot that maybe I could see at the time that he came into the league fitting him better. And it actually goes into a what if I have for you, Ooh. which is what if the Colts had been successful in luring Andy, uh, Andrew Luck back out of retirement? Ooh. Oh, that, that would have, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Because right as he left, it's right when they got their line fixed, right yeah. when they got their defense back in check. They put a lot of pieces together. And the only thing they don't have now is that quarterback. Right. That's the only thing they haven't had for years. Yeah. And so it, that, to me, has always been a very interesting. That's a really good one, especially the Colts, you know, adding pieces to their their defense. They have uh, Michael Pittman Jr. now. Uh Who's really taken that T.Y. Hilton spot and run with it. Yes, yeah. Is T.Y. Hilton, is he still playing? He's still playing, but he's very, he's so often, he's been hurt all year this year. And yeah. you know how injury prone he's been the last few years. That um, oh, yeah, for sure. He definitely feels like just kind of a slot guy at this point. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I have one more what if for you. Please, too. please. What if Calvin Johnson had been traded to the Packers or Patriots? Oh, my gosh. Now, the Packers is a little more far-fetched because it's, unlikely the lions would ever have shipped him out in division probably yeah but if he had been a patriot so we talk about you know there that was the big rumor going around new england for years on end that maybe we could talk the lions into trading his rights away or x y or z that's something that i I, I, that would have been moss-esque with Mm. that that would have been special to watch i would have really enjoyed the brady the johnson connection it's just uh, that's a, that that his whole career is a what if to me. Yeah, what if what if he hadn't retired? What if he still still played? What if he had been on a good team? <laughs> what if he wasn't in a crappy organization? What if his like even just the the pictures they show of his fingers, like in his post career, just how messed up they are. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, one more what if I have for you is, what if. Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay instead of going back. I think that the league probably needed something like that, to be honest. Yeah. I think a shakeup like that could have been good. Also, would have shaped. Green Bay is one of those organizations that's so good, you know, interesting how the fans run it. But, or, well, not run it, but they're like the owners per se. It just does. You hear all the criticism that Aaron Rodgers has of the organization, and it makes you think that nothing's really going to change when he comes back. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's been at odds with them for, it seems like, a while now. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, do you have any more what-if scenarios you'd like to I'm send all, our way? I'm all set. I am happy with what we got. Very good, very good then. Uh, well, of course, uh, you know, we got to talk a little bit about uh, fantasy football as you were very kind to bring up as the podcast started my, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's been an interesting year of fantasy football. Uh, I think we can, I think fantasy can be pretty brief only because i have uh, there hasn't been too many surprises in me this year no it's been pretty i would say maybe want to give our top players and then maybe our most surprising disappointments i think so i mean definitely uh you know for best fantasy guys right now tyree kill is always up there Uh, derrick henry i'm happy with Devontae adams right now very happy has he been doing doing well he's had a couple 30 point weeks that have definitely helped the helped the squad out i'd say so uh Brady actually looking good in fantasy. Uh, well, Lamar had like 40 points last Lamar, night. Lamar is still that dual threat. Uh, I will, oh, I'll say one uh, fantasy disappointment. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. A lot of people spend high draft quality on him, especially in our league. We have a big Chiefs fan who loves to get her Chiefs early. Oh, uh, yeah. 
And so he he absolutely has been a disappointment. I think my disappointment I would put out this year has been Diggs. Mm. Diggs. Uh, oh, that's huge. He yeah. he has really been a letdown He's as a receiver terrible. one, yeah. and especially in a year where there are so many quality receivers. Yep. It, I shouldn't be able to say I would have been better off playing Jacoby Myers most weeks than I would have Stephon Diggs. Right. But there are a few weeks I can say that. It's been an interesting go of it. Mm. Uh, and then I'll, I'll ask you this. Who's, who's been your sleepers or your fantasy surprise? My fantasy surprise? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good one. Um... For me, funnily enough, it is Jaco- uh, Jacoby Myers has been yeah. seeing a lot of time on my roster. And he's just a Has very he? yeah. consistent PPR target. Tony Pollard, too. Did not think that Zeke would see many of his touches lost. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, <coughs> Kareem Hunt, I think, yeah, is a big one. Absolutely. Um, that they can keep him and Chubb both effective is very impressive. Very. Uh, Michael Pimmon Jr. is up there. Absolutely. I think that's a, I think that's a nail on the head right there. For sure. Um. Oh, oh my! Who, who else is there? Um. Uh, Gronk has actually been when he uh, was healthy. He when was he's actually, healthy. Absolutely, and honestly, in the wrong direction. George Kittle, what a bust he was this year. Uh, don't even get me started there. <laughs> don't even get me started there. Maybe that's a good time to move off football into baseball, as we, <laughs> as we seem to have hit a sore note. Oh, not even. Uh, Kittle, you got you know Saquon hurt again. You have Christian McCaffrey <laughs> hurt again. You know everyone is just turning to you know it's the Thanos snap. Everyone's turning to dust. Everyone gone. Everyone is gone. gone. Uh, but yes, I think as a perfect segue into uh, fall baseball, but really just kind of the fall sports in general. It's a good time right now, really especially is. with the Red Sox. They just had a huge. Win last night against the uh, against the Rays there. They uh, uh, pulled off a big another in the ALCS yep. against the Astros. Uh, any memorable moments from you for that series? Uh, well, I mean, actually, I will say, uh, it, I think it was last game where the Rays had that um that like ground rule double. It like bounced off of Renfro. I. Thought for sure they were going to send that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they ended up, like, kind of calling him back. And then that was really kind of the turning point in the whole series for me was was that particular call. Because then, you know, the Sox ended up doing a walk-off with uh, Christian Vasquez in the two-run homer. Beast. And then uh, and then last night's game, unbelievable. <laughs> Another walk-off. <laughs> Absolutely. I think... Uh... For this series, closing, uh, I think, given the race and prop, they have 20-year-old kid Wander Franco, mm. top prospect in baseball coming into the year. Yep. And he played his butt off on yeah. the biggest stage in the sport. Two home runs in the series, hitting 400. Just an absolute mo- He's gonna. They're going to be back there. Who do you think is uh, the biggest? Do you, do, are, do you think we can, uh, the Red Sox can overcome the Astros? Uh, well... So here's it. I haven't really followed too much of the Astros, so I couldn't really tell you. But no uh, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I I just think this Red Sox team has some magic to it, which always makes October baseball so much fun. It makes it so much fun is to watch fall baseball and having the Red Sox in it. You know, it just makes it even that more special. A hundred percent. Given uh, their season this year, how they started so incredibly high and then they went all the way back down to earth and felt like they were goners. Yeah. Absolute goners. Yep. And now we have the NHL coming back. Yeah. That starts this week. The Kraken. This starts, it's actually tonight. Oh, wow. The debut of the Kraken. Oh my gosh. So uh, uh, very exciting times. NBA, I think is in a few weeks as well. Yes. Yeah. I think the NBA starts, uh, next week. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the Celtics to see how they do. Um, I am ben gonna be Simmons really. Drama. Oh, sorry, not to. No, me. no. What, what's the, up? With the Ben him? Simmons drama, where he, oh, he, he yes. reported back to, told his told his team not to fly to L.A. because he was done, and then reports back to camp. Oh god! I just don't. I don't know how you go back into that locker room. I'm Ooh. curious to see how that's gonna be. Oh, you just lose all your respect right there. You really do. That's all right. But I was cut. I cut you off before I said that. What were you saying? Uh, no. I mean, that's a that was kind of a perfect. Uh, Perfect segue. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you you just need you know what you're doing. 
I, I've I've learned from the best. Wow, the I, mics. I appreciate that very much. Uh, but no, I think what I was gonna say is uh, this season is going to be um very interesting, especially with COVID and not all the players not being vaccinated. Kyrie drama. Kyrie being Kyrie. I I I give a I I don't like the Nets very bluntly. No, I don't. But I give them a lot of credit for putting their foot down and saying mm. we're not going to let you have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I could say a lot about the Nets, but uh, you know, we're going to keep it PG right now. <laughs> I love to hear it. <laughs> um, you know what else has to keep it PG? What's that? The WWE. Oh days. my gosh. Well, of course, it's uh, sorry. Ha- too easy. Uh, that that segue. Yeah, you just that was an alley oop right there, and you just you slammed it. That was a home run. Yeah, getting all our sports references in. Oh man. Oh dear. So yes, of course, we're gonna go into the WWE and of course AEW because they seem like the the top dogs right now. If we're gonna do another sport reference, I would absolutely agree. The fat the AEW really has put themselves on the mark with what mm. they've been able to do this past year. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, comeback uh, players, CM Punk. Felt like a kid. Felt like a kid for a bit. Just goosebumps. Just to, that brought me back to 2011. Ah, it was perfect. It, 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 it was emotional. I'm a, I, Although honestly, this might I, I've liked what Daniel Bryan's been doing in AEW more than I've liked what Punk's been doing in AEW. Mm. As odd as that might be, I just really like Daniel Bryan's gimmick of I kick people really hard and I win. <laughs> I, it's it, it resonates with me. <laughs> Why? Because you like to kick people in the head, Matt? No, but I, I I like him. I like a man who's just no no smoke and mirrors. Just I'm here to have good matches kick you really hard and win i gotta say i respect that that's that it's that free-flowing charismatic enigma energy cares well i mean if you're gonna go with charismatic enigma i really feel like jeff hardy should be an AEW right now i would love oh please send him over they would use him far imagine opening the broken universe in AEW. oh it would be unreal ratings on top of ratings there is one i the person, there's one free agent right now that wherever they go, I'm probably going to watch weekly if they use him correctly. And I think I may know who it is. I'm curious now. I don't, I'm, who do you think it is? Well, it's The Fiend. You are you are absolutely correct. <laughs> you are at, whoever gets Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, I will watch your company week in and week. To me, he, there isn't a better storyteller right now than Bray Wyatt. What he was doing with the Fiend... And you just go back and watch videos, and you see how he'd been planting the seed for years of this character. And you see what AEW, for example, is doing with a character like Malachi Black, Mm -hmm. who very similarly uh, built the lore of his character so intricately and like really was paying attention to detail to these little nuances in his story. But you, you try to do that in WWE, and it's very easy to get lost in the shuffle. Well, you're saying you don't like uh, Bray Wyatt losing the WWE Championship to Randy Orton at WrestleMania or him losing to Randy Orton again at this past WrestleMania? They can have both of those if they just don't have Goldberg beat him in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Think, or or if they don't have him lose by DQ in a Hell in a Cell match. How, how did they add disqualifications to Hell in a Cell matches? The whole gimmick is you're locked in a cell till one of you dies. But no, the undown, the undead clown demon looks sad. We're going to ring the bell. It's just baffling to me. It really is. The, just some of the wonky, wonky booking that they will do in that company. Oh, it sucks. Karrion Cross, a guy who was incredible in NXT. They uh, somehow they managed to hurt him and Jeff Hardy within the three week span that those two worked together on Raw, because they had no business working together. They're hurting Jeff Hardy now. He loses practically every match he's in right now. The last big win Jeff Hardy had was over Karrion Cross, <laughs> <laughs> and 
It just makes no... The booking on both shows recently has been really baffling. The booking of SummerSlam even was... Or, yeah, SummerSlam. Baffling. I don't know. A lot of it has been confusing. Mm. But I'm going to keep hope. Well, you should keep hope for Crown Jewel. Ah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We liked the, those Saudi Arabia shows. I like to put in what we'll be talking about soon. Though they're like what ifs. Oh my god! Except they still affect the timeline. You mean what if? Uh, you know, in Saudi Arabia, they didn't kill that journalist. Poor, poor Jamal Khashoggi. I don't get how. Like they, they the fact that that can be said and it's so fat. Like it, it, everyone knows it happened, but WWE doesn't care. They'll take their blood money. But, and, and even on a less serious note, but just some of the legacies that have been destroyed. But mm. Shawn Michaels came out of retirement for oh Saudi Arabia. God, right. He wouldn't come out of retirement to face AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble. But, oh, I'll do a tag match in Saudi Arabia. Oh, it was just skin. No wrestlers get the perfect retirement. No. Except Shawn did. Nope. And he burned it. Nope. He burned it. Burned it to the ground. He, in a way, he burned it down. Burn it down. Bow, bow. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. The Seth Rollins laugh. Oh, my God. All right. Before before t- more talk of WWE drives us insane. Too maybe, late. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're sadly <laughs> not wrong. But you know who else is slowly getting driven insane? Who is that? Eddie Brock in the latest Venom movie. Oh, well on my Segway game today. You mean, you mean Carnage. You mean, I shouldn't have been in this movie. <laughs> oh. uh, you really pro- had to, you really had to quick spoiler dis- that. Quick spoiler disclaimer for, because yeah. this is probably the only movie out new enough still that, you yeah, know. Yeah, we're, we're going to have, uh, you know, uh, spoilers for Venom 2, for Shang-Chi, for What If, so uh, for life yeah for life but but venom 2 i and and the latest what ifs because i mean challenge has been out for a little bit yeah you should go see it if you should haven't. probably see it but i venom 2 a quick review uh, i want to give want to each give our review of venom 2 uh yes why don't you start give your honest take on venom 2 i'll give i'll go with the positives first end credit scene was the best part of the movie and that's never a good way to start but it's true it was it was how a I felt going in. <laughs> it was uh, it's what the hype was all about. Every news article was oh stick around for the end credits. Venom and Eddie have a fun dynamic. They do. I enjoy it for the most part. Sometimes it felt like the jokes didn't land as well as in the first movie. Yeah. But it's always gonna be hard when you've used your best material. You know how you could offset not having your best humor. How's that? Lean into having one of the most gruesome and horrifying villains of all time. Literally, the Joker as Venom. And just do it. Deadpool showed that rated R movies work as video or as hero movies. Like, Deadpool proved that those are profitable. And Carnage, you can't do Carnage not rated R. There's not a way to do Carnage not rated R. Mm-hmm. And it was shit. All we got in this movie was two CGI sludge monsters hitting each other over and over again. And we saw that in the first one with Riot versus Venom. The main difference between Venom or sorry, Carnage and Riot was color scheme. And that was about it. I mean, like Riot could change shapes. Riot could Mm. shoot him like they they weren't all that different in the comics. For though, like, as a comic nerd, the whole thing that makes Carnage so terrifying, and it's harder to do this in Venom because you don't have Spider-Man, and that's part of what made Carnage so terrifying at first, was that Carnage couldn't be stopped by Venom and Spider-Man working together. That together was not strong enough to take on Carnage, because Carnage is supposed to be symbiotic with Cletus Cassidy. The whole point of Carnage is that it is the manifestation of Cletus Cassidy's insanity given form. But instead, they're like, we're going to subvert your expectations, and we're going to build on what the comics give us, but make it even better. No, they just eat Cletus Cassidy and say, ha ha, Venom's in a rave, laugh, 
Now he's in. Uh, now the end credit scene. Good job. Yeah. It, sorry. All right. You're, no, no. I was gonna. I was just gonna add to that, and you also make it really a love story. And that's just. And from the beginning, too. Yeah. One of the best things about Heath Ledger's Joker is how many times he flips his origin story. He tells one person that his dad gave him the stars. Tells the other person he gave it to himself because of his wife. He goes to tell the Batman a third story, but never gets to finish it. And for the whole movie, you have no idea why this lunatic has actually been doing what he's doing. He is just, as Alfred says... Some men just want to see the world burn. Mm. That is Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> he just wants to kill and hurt people, and there's not a rhyme or reason to it. And this movie goes out of its way from square one to make sure you know his rhyme and his reason. Like, in the very first scene. Very first scene. <laughs> All right, he was an orphan who was beat by his parents and fell in love with a girl in an orphan. No! <laughs> That's not carnage. <laughs> So that I give it a two out of five stars. Wow! It, it just have any other, just have Shriek be the only villain. Have Shriek and one other B-list villain. Shriek is a good enemy for Venom. Mm. The, the the same reason that she didn't work with Carnage very well nope. is the same exact reason she would have been good to introduce. And then you know what you can do? You can tease Cletus Cassidy at the end of that one. You could. Except they already screwed that up in Venom One. They, ah, they just. You didn't like they that did wig. my boy dirty. You didn't like that wig at the end of Venom One. God, what? <laughs> I won't lie. I got a chuckle. They get a chuckle. Uh, yeah. I mean, though, you pretty much nailed it there. Uh, I did enjoy the uh the interaction between uh Eddie and Venom. Um. Like you said, a lot of the jokes didn't really hit as well. I honestly thought some of the jokes were pretty good, but, like, the theater was, like, completely silent for, like, a majority of the movie. And it's not to say that, like, most of them didn't hit, but the first one, it just... maybe. And, I mean, the first one had a lot lower expectations, too, so that's always gonna hurt. Cause yeah. It was still funny, mm. but... Uh, like you said, the theater was dead for a lot of it, and it, it was a pretty packed theater for a theater we normally go to that is not packed. Right. I mean, Sean, she was impacted. It was not. And honestly, I think that's to wash her taste out. Maybe you should take the lead on this one because a movie that did not make me feel any of that screaming rantingness was Sean Chi, except for all the right reasons. Well, honestly, Sean Chi was just an incredible movie. Visually, uh, the action was phenomenal. The music and the soundtrack was great. Uh, Simu Liu gave an incredible performance as Sean Chi. Uh, Tony Leon did a great job as the Mandarin. Aquafina really stole the show every scene she was in. Yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> I just, I, I'm just, I'm chi, I, you're your hype man right now because I can't, can't uh, agree with you more. That, uh, that fight scene with the, the dragons and them just sucking the souls out of people. It was just so, per, had three acts, Yep. all very well done, easy, like, never felt like it was dragging. No. The music really was, like, the music and the visuals were crisp, sleek, just, ah, oh. oh, I, I, I felt cool watching them. <laughs> I mean, even, uh, you know, Shang-Chi uh, versus the Mandarin, and they both had the reins, and then Shang-Chi had the reins, and they're just like both going to town on each other i've rewatched the train scene a few or the bus scene a few times that's probably one of the best scenes of the whole movie you don't know how to fight oh you don't know <laughs> <laughs> so i actually have this other life where uh, my dad and my sister <laughs> they're a little uh no i thought a phenomenal what a great foot forward for marvel stage four with the first I think that's their first new hero they've introduced in Phase 4. Yes, I'd say so. Uh, yeah, that was the first, uh, excuse me, first true Phase 4 movie was Shang-Chi. It really kind of pushed the story forward. Um, and plus the, the end credits scene of uh, Shang-Chi was actually pretty good too. It really was. They had, uh, they had the Hulk and they had Captain Marvel and Wong. They had they had one they had a 
They had that beautiful karaoke scene, even. Oh. <laughs> it was just a fun... I, I came out of there smiling. I had such a fun... Like, and I was, I, it, it was hyped up, too. People had said it. Like, yeah. sometimes hype can be the killer of joy. Yeah. This time, I came in, I was hyped for it, and it lived up to it. And that's hard to do. Definitely. I mean, there was definitely, uh, like, hype for Venom 2, and that, look what happened there. Exactly. I, I, I went in... Like uh, our friend Jack, we we talked another recurring guest of the show. Yep. He went. He's he was smart. He went in with the same expectations he had for the first Venom, and so he still enjoyed it. And I think if I hadn't been building up the idea of a Carnage movie in my head for so long, I also would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. But I just I've wanted Carnage on the big screen for a while. I just yeah. he's, he <laughs> he even his voice. His voice was the same as every other symbiote. Mm. Where he should. He should sound like some high-pitched Green Goblin-esque type of, like, crazy. Like, he shouldn't sound there. Like, he should be an unhinged monster. And instead, he just sounds like the angriest of three thug bosses. I thought probably one of the most cringiest lines was, Let there be carnage. So forced. Yeah. So forced. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely felt it. That, yeah. Ah. Uh. But, you know what? The good thing about symbiotes is that it only takes a drop of them to be alive for them to come back. Very true. And Venom at least ate the Carnage symbiote. So mm. maybe it's maybe it's still out there. The multiverse exists. Thanks it to does. Thanks to the, you know, that Venom post credit scene, which I think we should talk about briefly. I think we should because it leads into our, our final review topic as well. Absolutely. Uh, so that end credit scene... Uh, yeah. Uh, that entire Venom cinematic universe doesn't really exist anymore. At I least does, for the time is, being. It is for the uh, time being. it is dead for the moment because we see Venom in this crappy hotel room and Venom is talking about all the offsprings of himself and <laughs> and uh do you want to see them and Eddie goes, "Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, go on. Go ahead." And then the next thing you know, the TV shakes there's like a huge bright light. That room basically transforms into a very, very nice hotel room. And uh, then you see on the TV, you see J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man. Venom is now in the MCU. I'm so excited. It'll be very interesting to see how they play off the whole... Because they talk about... they. Once again, comic nerd. They they tease some uh some stuff about Noel the symbiote god. They tease some stuff about just symbiotes in general and how long they've existed. And so it does make me think: Does this version of Venom know anything about Spider-Man? Mm. Has he ever, in any version or history, crossed paths with him, or like gotten some kind of like link from anything that like? Or I've seen a lot of theories that's just hey. This is a super-powered person who committed a murder, and Venom was just looking for people to go kill and eat. Mm. So maybe he's just like, ooh, I'll go kill and eat, you red guy. <laughs> but I, I would be very curious to see how they play off that. Me too. Do you think uh, Venom will be in Spider-Man No Way Home? I think so. I don't, I don't know how big of a role he'll get. I think it will be very much in the third act, if at all. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see it either in third act or in like a post credit scene, and they tease, uh, really Venom three, which will have Spider Man in it, and that Marvel will produce it, and not really, or Sony will, but Marvel will kind of take the reins of Venom. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that because I I think Marvel would actually know what to do with Carnage. I think they would too. You know who I really hope is in. Spider-Man No Way Home, just for a little bit. It's the, it's the best chance that we're going to get to see him in the MCU. Topher Grace? I actually think he might. I want to see Ryan Reynolds. I want... Oh, I want, I want God, Even yes. if it's just Strange is trying to open a portal yep. and he just pops his head in for a second for a one-liner and they use their one F-bomb there or something. <laughs> I just want one little peek of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think that would... I, I don't think you've been given a better opportunity to try it than the multi... That or in Doctor Strange. I was going to say, it probably would make better sense in Doctor Strange. The only... He's just always been so tight. Like, there are always the jokes of like, oh, me and Spider-Man have such similar costumes. And like, uh, 
that's the like oh, that sweet. that connection's the only like I just think that'd be funny if it's just hey you called for Spider-Man right and it's just like Deadpool in a really bad Spider-Man costume if that happens it would be the best post credit scene of all time it, I would cry I like oh my god the pop in the arena or in the arena in the theater would be I'm probably gonna cry during the whole movie but it seems like it's gonna be a real heartstring tugger I think so Especially with everything they're teasing. Seriously. Speaking of teases, those what-ifs on Disney were some serious teases. Wow, uh, Matthew, I, you I, are just a professional uh, <laughs> at this. I'm I gotta so, say. Uh, the, the you're what, really kind of taking over the reins a little bit. It's the one thing I on every show I'm on, I don't know why, the segues <laughs> are the one. I, I don't always pitch the questions. or what, no. the, the segues just... The strings. I see. I see the dots. Well, you do a phenomenal job at putting the strings together. I'm blushing. But, of course, I mean, we we have to get into What If, which I thought to be a very good series. I did, too. I just, I, I wish each of them had two episodes. I, like, I, yeah. those, all those universes were so intriguing to me. Mm. What was your, uh, what was your favorite of the What Ifs before we get into a full? Well, I mean, uh, my favorite episode is the doctor strange one because and of course spoilers for what if that was so dark it was really dark and it was a lot of them were dark but this was like this was really dark i mean the the universe collapses everybody pretty much dies the supreme one the ancient one or whatever is it the supreme one or the ancient one it's the uh, ancient one, right? It's the ancient one, yeah. The ancient one does everything she can, creates two strangers, yep. still doesn't work. Nope. And it was really, I, I like how it's the first time we get the idea of someone being able to see the Watcher. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of the real first tease of any of the Watcher himself because, you know, before then he was really more in the background. Absolutely. we He was not a character, he was the narrator. He was. And uh, I think that's a really good choice. What's uh? What would yours be? So I like a lot of uh. Some of the season two ones were really good, or not season two, but second half of season one, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to just go over all of them. I'm trying. I'm really trying to think what my favorite one was. I'm always going to be impartial to Marvel Zombies. I loved that comic series to death. It was so much fun. Mm. Uh, I. Part of me kind of, I, I like the homages they did to it, too. Yeah. They have, uh, just like in the comics, they have Ant-Man's head in the tomb. <laughs> very, very fun homage. Uh, although, funnily enough, it's actually Wasp, whose head's in the comic, or in the comic is in the jar. Mm. Uh, so that was very, and then, just like in the comics, T'Challa gets eaten. and Yeah. But, unlike in the comics, it's to the most terrifying zombie. Oh, my God. I mean... I liked that episode, too, just because you had basically all of the voice actors come back, with the exception of a few. It was it was a really complete cast. It's just, I, I like zombie stories in general, and to have those carrot like, that cast you're already so attached to. Yep. I was, I kind of laughed at Wasp, because <laughs> I, I, she meant well, but she goes giant to get them back to the, to the safe area. Yep. And doesn't switch back and so you're just thinking like you did them this huge solid but now there's a giant zombie outside their door waiting to stand back up <laughs> she really screwed them i mean she only ended up grabbing them for a tiny bit i forget how they ended up getting around her but uh i think they ended up just yeah they i think they just really just flew away i know that she grabbed the jet at one point but then they just used the thrusters i think okay all right so yeah i think they and then she just like threw a zombie at the, yep, at the yes yes <laughs> it's like take it the another one that was dark was uh the one where all the the heroes are dying that was yeah i didn't like that one too that, much that one scared me a tiny bit i can't lie that one yeah. was a little dark that was that was dark and i like the darkness of the strange one because you like you see his character the whole time changing yeah. yep this one is just like oh how are they gonna kill hulk oh no oh, they, they did that no <laughs> They did this in an animated show. I did like what Loki did to Hank Pym at the end, though. I got a kick out of that. Oh yeah, 
Why did you kill Thor? <laughs> Specifically, why Thor? <laughs> um, but yeah, how how would you rate the series as a whole? I would give it at least a nine out of ten. I had so much fun with it. I I think Jack had a good criticism of it that they spoiled the ending to an extent in a car commercial. Yeah, I Jack mentioned that to me too. Even so, though that particular scene wasn't in What If, they still had the Ultron, the Ultron bots, all of the all the people together with the Watcher. Yeah, that was yeah. I could see where Jack would be pissed on that one, just a little bit. But I, uh, I, I did. I really, I thought the visuals in the episode of the the Ultron Vision one, mm-hmm. that the visuals of that were really like as he's breaking in like the battle through the dimensions. Yep. And especially when he's uh he's punching the Watcher, and every time he punches him, reality changes. Oh, that that was one of my favorite episodes too. That was really cool to me. <laughs> I mean, it's really uh, you know space and time. That that what I was a little skeptical when they did the what ifs as cartoons at first, me but too. it just lets them do so much. Mm. Gives you so much creativity with what you want to do. And I will say the uh, the animation was was great, and just the worlds that they built uh you know pretty impressive absolutely and uh speaking of space and worlds being built of course we gotta go into uh the star wars world absolutely i'll let, i i will admit i'm a little undereducated on this so if you'd like to fill me in well uh well first i gotta say uh did you like my transition i did that was very impressive i i you sn- took the rock right through the read option saw the hole Ran for the end zone. Well, I, you know, I gotta keep up with you now. <laughs> you are, you're just kind of hammering away. I gotta, I gotta be quick. <laughs> My mind can't take it. I'm sorry. Got you need the mind stone. I do need the mind stone. But uh, yeah, let's uh, with with Star Wars. I'll kind of tell you briefly what's been what's going on there. Um, I'm sure you know about the book of Boba Fett. Yes, series. that's going to be very So that's going to be intriguing. with uh, Tamira Morrison come back as Boba Fett. Uh, Minyan Wen, as uh, I'm sure I butchered her name, but that's, I apologize. Um, but she's coming back as Fennec Shan. Uh, and that is coming out uh, late December. Uh, and I really think the future of Star Wars, especially within Disney Plus, is bright because we have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. We have the uh, Cassian Andor prequel series. Um, we have the Ahsoka Tano series. Very excited for that one. Uh, not that I'm not excited for all the other ones, but I forgot that was a th- that was the only one I had forgotten was coming out. And, uh, well, of course, they just announced uh, the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, Ooh. Uh, which I don't know if you're familiar with this. I'm not. Uh, so basically, the Star Wars Galactic Star—it's going to be in Disney World. Um, it is a two-night spectacular, and it uh, basically brings you into the world of Star Wars, and you go on this adventure, and you get to go on the Rise of the Resistance ride. You get to just be entrenched in Star Wars culture. You know, it's really like, you know, reliving your kind of childhood dreams, in a sense. That would have been, I wish. I'm sure all generations feel this to an extent, but it really is one of those, gosh, if only I was, this was coming out when I was that age. I know. I know. It is, uh, it is also going to cost you an arm and a leg. Oh, I bet. Hit me with it. Uh, well, I think (coughs) for, for one person, it's like like one to two grand and yeah it's it's a lot of it's a lot of dough that's a lot of moolah a lot of moolahs um but that is yeah that's what the star wars galactic star cruiser is it's a two-night stay you go to like this terminal and brings you up in the ship and you really feel like you're in star wars that's so cool when you're it, even more so when you go on Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, which I was very lucky enough to go on. 
that you really feel like you're in Star Wars. Um, but yeah, this this spectacular adventure, I think a lot of people, those who are able to afford it, are going to be have their minds blown. I I will definitely want to check out some walkthrough YouTube videos of that just to live secondhand through it. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they're accepting bookings now, uh, and it opens in March of 2022, I believe. That'll be really cool. Um, and uh, I think that's pretty much it for Star Wars. Uh, well, I know um, this weekend, this Saturday, is DC Fandome. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And that's... Uh, where they're going to announce pretty much everything DC. They're going to have the new Batman trailer. Oh. The new Batman movie. Mr. Pattinson. Mr. Pattinson. Uh, they're also going to probably do a, a, a teaser trailer for Black Adam. That's going to be fun. Um, the Rock. The Rock himself. Uh, they have a few uh, games coming out uh gotham knights which will be with uh uh you'll get to play as robin nightwing um and two other batman characters awesome um and then there's a suicide squad game coming that out. i hope that i as long as i can play as peacemaker oh and peacemaker of course as long as i can play as him i'll be happy uh Maybe he'll be a downloadable character. Fair, fair. I will. Uh, I hope DC does well. I hope this is a success for them, because I think it will be. It's good to have competition. It's it's better. I I, I like the stories of both comics. Mm. They both have done a lot of cool things in this last decade. Yeah. So if they, I mean, Marvel, seemingly for the most part is just like <laughs> Disney has the right. Disney's like, hey. People like all these different stories we have the rights to. Let's do it. <laughs> you well, say we can give it to them on a paid paid subscription platform. Give it to them all. As long as they can pay for it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Signed off by the mouse. Like I, I would buy, like, a, if it was just Marvel Plus, I still would have bought it. And mm. honestly, if, they, if DC committed to, like, a consistent universe... I wouldn't have hated if they just kept Snyder involved, but that's not here or there. Yeah. That'll be really cool. That'll be really cool. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of the uh, also big talked about DCEU movies is the uh, the Flashpoint movie. That will be fun. That's going to be, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the rumors of the, you know, you have Ben Affleck's Batman. You also have Michael Keaton's Batman returning. Uh there's, there's like a whole list of cameos. I mean, the Flashpoint could be very much like Doctor Strange in a way. Flashpoint could be Doctor Strange. It also, real, Flashpoint is one of the, like, they, if they get it right, that is very much something that could re-spark the entire property of DC. In my I opinion. think so. They, that, because like, it, 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 premise-wise, it's very much like Doctor Strange and No Way Home even. Mm. And that they can just, like you said, bring in all these different Batmans, bring in all these different... I hope it also leads to some... I hope that they eventually do... And they just did an animated version of it. But I would love to see a live-action Injustice. Oh, man. I think that would be really cool. Mm. I uh, Yeah, I have heard good things about that Injustice uh, storyline. and uh, But I'm going to have to play the games and yes, really I get caught up. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, and I'm sure you've you heard about the uh, Disney Plus Day. I've heard about it, but I haven't actually looked into what it is. I can uh, I can uh, keep you give you updates on it if you would like. Absolutely. Uh, so basically, the Disney Plus Day uh, it's going to be on November 12th. They're going to have specific panels for uh, each property. Uh, so I think they'll have like a Pixar property. Uh, the, the Marvel will have one. Uh, Star Wars is going to have one. Which, with the Star Wars one, they'll probably... I would think they'll probably do a trailer for the Book of Boba Fett. Hello, everybody. I do apologize uh, for that technical difficulty. Uh, for some reason, the 
app decided to uh, quit on us. I think it told us to uh, stop talking. Hey, there's no such thing as too much talking. There's not too much talking. Uh, but we're, we're almost done anyway, so might as well just add these last couple notes and we should be good to go. Uh, but we were talking a little bit about uh, Disney Plus Day. And I was mentioning how they have the Star Wars and Marvel panels. So they'll really give us all the details and on upcoming projects and whatnot. That's going to be awesome. Very uh, excited to see what those companies have coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, of course. Uh, I also have to ask, uh, what are your thoughts on the new Agatha Harkness Disney Plus series that's in development right now. I'm I'm curious about it. I I'm not that excited for it. I can't lie. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. It'll be inter- as long if it has any connection to the main universe. I might care, but yeah. One division was definitely my second favorite of the Disney Plus originals. Mm. Uh, it was good, but I I just hope. I don't know. The, the Wanda part seems a lot more important than the Agatha part. I think so. I think that the thing with WandaVision 2 is it was subject to uh, heavy speculation, which I think is what kind of ruined it for people. Absolutely. Um, and also, I got to ask you about um, your thoughts on they just announced casting for Adam Warlock. Oh, wow. Who, uh, who's that going to be? Uh... I know if I don't know if I'm going to get his name right. Nick Poulter. Okay. He was in uh, the Revenant. He was also in uh, Weird the Millers. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, I I apologize. It's Will Poulter. Okay. I th- uh, that sounds a lot more familiar. Yeah. I'm sorry, Will. Um, but yeah, he's going to be Adam Warlock. I'm very excited to see that. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, all the, the Disney stuff there. Oh, I will add, uh, one little bit of news that, uh, you know, as a Super Smash Bros. fan, they're adding one final DLC character. Uh, and is uh, this character is uh, Sora from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. My friend Sean was so excited about that. His favorite video game character of all time. I mean, that is a huge addition for that game. Uh, and also, uh, the all the Kingdom Hearts games are going to be on Nintendo Switch. That is really cool. So that's going to be... But is it as cool as Chris Pratt going to be Mario? Now that that might be harder to top. That cast is very, very interesting. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What were your thoughts when that first uh, came out? I was definitely curious how that was going to turn out. Definitely uh, a weird cast, but if they steer into it, I think it could go really well. I think so. Well, uh, I think that is uh, that is all for our show, man. Is there anything you want to add? It's a me, Charlie Day Luigi. <laughs> but no, I this has been a blast. It's been great to not only talk this stuff, but learn a bit more about the upcoming Disney opportunities coming up, a bit more about the DC universe coming up. It's just a really exciting time to be a fan of these, whether it be sports or these superhero Disney uh, intellectual properties. I think so. I think so. It's uh, it's a good time to be to be a fan all around. Uh, so I think uh, how we're gonna do this is um, we're gonna post uh, both parts. Uh, so the the main part that we did that was like an hour long, uh, that will be its own episode, uh, and then we'll post this kind of five minute um, kind of ending clip that people can. Uh, See if they want to. Uh, again, I do apologize for the technical difficulty, but I think that is uh, how we should best uh, handle this. I think that'll work well. 
Right. You guys can just listen to them in succinct order to get that full viewing experience. We, yes, yes. And uh, and if you can, please tune in to uh, the Mike and Matt football show, either on the ColorCast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for that beautiful plug, Mike. I, Of course, anytime. It is a great show, and I'm glad you're a part of it. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you're to be a part of this. All right. Everyone have a safe and wonderful day. Look forward to being on the show again. Thank you for tuning in.